Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 92. Hello there, Warrior's Way Podcast people. If you're listening to this when it is fresh off the presses, well, (laughs) we're in the midst of, well, let's not mince words, we're in the midst of a plague. And all over the world, we are hunkered down and doing our best to stay healthy and strong and moving forward. These are strange times. Nobody wrote a how-to manual for getting told by the planet to go to your room. Nobody really knows when this thing will end, and nobody, to be honest, really knows much. Here is what I know. Life goes on. Life will go on. What we all need to do is take stock of what we have and be grateful for that much. If you are listening to this healthy and strong, be grateful. If you have already beat this stupid virus, well, be grateful for that too. What we all need to do is make sure that we are supporting each other and supporting all of those who need our support. The sick, the elderly, and just about anyone else you can imagine. For them, we need to stay away from each other for the time being. For those of us who are hard at it, working through all this, you know, the nurses, the doctors, first responders, grocery workers, and all the rest of you, thank you so very much for everything you are doing to keep people going. Without all of you, we would be lost. Now, for my part, I'm still creating you're going to be able to listen to the Warrior's Way podcast for as long as I can keep doing it, which hopefully (laughs) will be a long time to come. Also, if you're looking to keep up your training, our Warrior's Way podcast Patreon page now has a growing number of instructional videos for you to use completely free. Of course, there will be some members-only material still for those who are financially backing the podcast through the Patreon page. But I, want, but I want to make sure that there is something there for everyone. So head on over there, and like I said, there's a whole lot of material there for you for free. So you head to patreon.com and search for Warrior's Way Podcast and check it out. There's a lot of cool things you can do right now wherever you are, regardless of how much space you have. Be strong, people. I know you are. And don't forget that this, too, is training. Around the year 1600, the weather in much of Europe substantially cooled. In the latter phase of what has been called the Little Ice Age. In all, it lasted 300 years. Winters were brutally cold and summers were damp and chilly, greatly curtailing the growing season. Crops failed. People starved, but the change in weather forced English, French, and Dutch fishermen to build improved boats capable of following fish farther to the west and surviving long trips through the rough seas. Undoubtedly, some of that new boat-building craft led to the ships of today. Innovation often arises in periods of adversity. 
In recent weeks, we have seen such welcome invention germinating in the horrendous crisis of the coronavirus. Consider, for example, the many new platforms for online teaching or the use of cheap Bluetooth smart thermometers able to transmit a person's fever and geolocation to a distant database or members of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra performing together and apart from 29 different locations using just their smartphones. In bad times, innovation can occur in habits of mind as well as in new technologies. The frightening COVID-19 pandemic may be creating such a change right now by forcing many of us to slow down, to spend more time in personal reflection, away from the noise and heave of the world. With more quiet time, more privacy, more stillness, we have an opportunity to think about who we are as individuals and as a society. Habits of mind and lifestyle do not change easily. Without noticing, we slowly slip into the routine of our lives, like becoming so accustomed to living on a noisy street that we cannot remember our previous neighborhood and a time of silence. Some powerful force must strike to awaken us from our slumber. Now, we all have been struck. We have a chance to notice that we have been living too fast. We have sold our inner selves to the devil of speed, efficiency, money, hyper-connectivity, progress. Since the Industrial Revolution, the pace of life has been driven by the speed of commerce and business. And the speed of business, in turn, has been driven by the speed of communication. In the 1830s, the fast new communication device was a telegraph, which could relay information at three bits a second. That rose to about a thousand bits a second in the mid-1980s with the advent of the Internet. Today... The rate is 1 billion bits a second. The resulting increase in productivity in the workplace coupled with time equals money equation has led our acute awareness of the commercial and goal-oriented uses of time. As a result, we've created a frenzy lifestyle in which not a minute is to be wasted. The precious 24 hours of each day is carved up, dissected, and reduced to 10-minute units of efficiency. We've become agitated and angry in the waiting room of a doctor's office if we've been standing by for 10 minutes or more. We grow impatient if our laser printers don't spit out at at least 5 pages a minute. We cannot sit quietly in a chair for 10 minutes. And we must be connected to the grid at all times. We take our smartphones and our laptops with us on vacation. We go through our emails at restaurants or our online bank accounts while walking in the park. We have become slaves to our urgent appointments and to our to-do lists. An addiction to non-stop stimulation by the external world. A momentous but little-discussed study by the University of Hertfordshire in collaboration with the British Council found that the walking speed of pedestrians in 34 cities around the world 
increased by 10% just in the 10-year period from 1995 to 2005. And all of this happened invisibly. Little by little, the noise and speed of the world has increased so that we can hardly remember an era of slowness and quiet when we could let our minds wander and think about what they wanted to think about when we had time to consider where we are going and what we believed in. But now we have been struck. With many workplaces shut down with restaurants and movie theaters and printing shops and department stores closed, now that many of us spend the 24 hours of each day sequestered in the small caves of our homes, suddenly we find ourselves alone with our thoughts. Excluded here, of course, are such people as the heroic workers in healthcare and in grocery stores, and parents with young children or elderly relatives needing constant attention. At home, time and space have opened up in our minds. Even for those who continue their professional life working online, schedules have become more flexible. Demands have retreated. Daily routines have been interrupted. Suddenly, we have unstructured, free-floating, beckoning time. This terrible disaster has freed us from the prison of our time-driven lives. At least for a few months, we have the chance to slow down. In the past, we've had little opportunity to do so swept along by the rushing tide of prosperity and speed in the modern world. What might be regained with a less hurried life? There is simply the needed replenishment of mind that comes from doing nothing in particular, from taking long mental walks without destination, from finding a few moments of quiet away from the noisy world. The mind needs to rest. The mind needs periods of calm. Such a need has been recognized for thousands of years. It was described as early as 1500 BC in the meditation traditions of Hinduism. Later in Buddhism, an ancient passage from the Buddhist Dharmapada reads, When a monk has gone into an empty place and has calmed his mind, he experiences a delight that transcends that of other men. With some degree of freedom from our time-driven lives also comes increased creativity. Psychologists have long known that creative, creativity thrives on unstructured time, on play, on non-directed divergent thinking, on unpurposed ramblings through the mansions of life. Gustave Mailer routinely took three or four hour long walks after lunch, stopping to jot down ideas in his notebook. Carl Jung did most of his creative thinking and writing when he took time off from his frenzied practice in Zurich to go to his country house in Switzerland. In the middle of a writing project, Gertrude Stein would wander about the countryside looking at cows. We and our children need more time to play. With the forced slowing of life granted by the coronavirus, we are now seeing an explosion of creative ideas and innovations in many parts of the world. In Italy, quarantined citizens are singing from balconies. 
Writers have created new blogs. Parents have developed new art projects for their children. But there is something more to be regained, something more subtle, more delicate, almost impossible even to name, and that is the restoration of our inner selves. By inner self, I mean that part of me that imagines, that dreams, that explores, that is constantly questioning who I am and what is important to me. My inner self is my true freedom. My inner self roots me to me and to the ground beneath me. The sunlight and soil that nourish my inner self are solitude and personal reflection. When I listen to my inner self, I hear the breathing of my spirit. Those breaths are so tiny and delicate, I need stillness to hear them. I need slowness to hear them. I need vast, silent spaces in my mind. I need privacy. Without the breathing and the voice of my inner self, I'm a prisoner of the frenzied world around me. I'm a prisoner of my job, my money, the clothes in the closet. What am I? I need slowness. I need quiet to ponder that question. Sometimes I picture America as a person and think that like a person, our entire nation has an inner self. If so, does our nation recognize that it has an inner self? Does it nourish that inner self, listen to its breathing in order to know who America is and what it believes in and where it is going? If citizens of this nation like me have lost something of our own inner selves, then what of the nation as a whole? If our nation cannot listen to its inner self, how can it listen to others? If our nation cannot grant itself true inner freedom, how can it allow freedom for others? How can it bring itself into a respectful understanding and harmonious coexistence with other nations and cultures so that we might truly contribute to peace and well-being in the world? Like many of us, I will have the chance to do that pondering for several months. But such self-reflection, such tender, tending to the inner self is not a one-time event. It should be an ongoing part of life lived deliberately. To use Henry David Thoreau's language, and that deliberate living requires an enduring change of lifestyle and of habits. At some point, the coronavirus will pass or at least recede into the haze of other viruses and ailments. There will be, and already is, staggering suffering and loss of life, enormous economic devastation. And that tragedy cannot be overstated. For years, we will be trying to rebuild the broken world. But perhaps the slower lifestyle in these months can help put the pieces back together. And perhaps a more contemplative, deliberate way of living can become permanent. Wow. 
So that is from the publication called The The Atlantic, which is, by the way, awesome. You should check it out. And the article was written by Alan Lightman. And I don't know about you, but that was awesome. Depending on how long this plague, or if you prefer the more gentle word of pandemic, (laughs) depending on how long it's going to last, we all are likely to go through a multitude of phases in the process that is dealing with radical and real change on the kind of scale few of us have had to endure. We need to keep in mind that us humans, if nothing else, are a resilient bunch. We have a way of working together when need be and weathering any storm that comes our way. Let's face it, the human animal adapts. It is what we do. We live at one, at one point, we lived in a world of gigantic mega animals, you know, giant sloths woolly mammoths, and the horrific short-faced bear. We survived the Ice Age. We have been through plagues, floods, wars, and endless other terrible things. And here we stand. We are still here. Does that make what we are going through suck any less? No. COVID-19 most definitely sucks, (laughs) to say the least. And to be honest with you, COVID-19 will suck even more until it finally peters out and we either find some way to live with it or to wipe it off the face of this earth with a vaccine. The way we are going to deal with this in the meantime is to slow down to stay inside as much as we can and away from others. When I look back at my nearly 40 years of martial arts and training, it is right now like all of my training over all of these decades have given me the tools to not just deal with this virus and how it has brought our old way of living to its knees, all the tools to not just continue my training, but to deepen my understanding of what it all means. Whether it is all of my years of honing my kata in goju, or learning how to swing a sword by myself in iaido, or how to twirl a stick in solo carenza in kali, or my many decades of just sitting, silently in my personal practice of Zen. I have always been working to this point, this slowing down, this looking inward, this silence. For most people though, this silence, this stillness, this lack as they see it, is crushing. But in truth, what you have right now is the same thing as you had before, just without all the distracting window dressing that has kept you from looking at what it is that you are really doing, who you really are, 
and what you really need to do. For me, I've spent every single day of this imposed isolation making sure that I get more than 10,000 steps every day. I've meditated for more than half an hour every day, as I always have. I've worked out with isometrics, body weight, runs, power walks, and I even discovered that if you put a jog together with a fast walk, it's called a fart lick, (laughs) which is simply something you have to love being able to say that you have added to your weekly routine. I did a fart lick today, and it was great. Do I miss getting on the mats with my students and rolling around in jiu-jitsu for half an hour, five days a week? Yeah, of course I do. Do I miss all the other things that happen in the martial arts dojo? Like you cannot even imagine. Or maybe you can. The thing is, when I look back, I have taught in parks, backyards, basements, churches, community centers, as well as my awesome own dojo. And now I'm teaching four days a week online, which I never would have thought I'd do. What matters is not the school. The ceiling, the four walls, the mats, none of that matters. The reality is that we all need to realize that the true dojo is where you are right now and where you always are. The students are all of those around us. The lessons are in every moment of our lives, whether we wish to see it or learn about it or not. Training is not a sometime thing. It is an all-the-time thing. Training if it is done properly, is about and is a reflection of our lives and the world that we live in. Right now, this means living and training in a new way. It also means slowing down. It means seeing what matters in your life, what really matters. It means breathing. It means being understanding. It means being supportive. It means, as I've said a ton of times already, to learn what gratitude, respect, and compassion really mean and to make that our lives. This storm will pass. It will. It's inevitable. It will be up to each of us, though, to decide what this new world we will enter will be like. Will it be just the same as the old one before this terrible sickness came into the world to teach us a lesson? Or is it going to be something new? Something slower? Something more caring? Less petty? Less cruel? Something better? Use this time. You've been given a great chance to make your life and your training better by focusing on you. When this is all done, you can be a far better person than you were when this started. Why not use the time to get yourself there? Work out, 
train, research, read, breathe, sit. Figure out who you really are and what you can become. The old masters understood this. They gave us all the tools. It is just up to each of us, though, to pick up what they left us. Dust it off and get to work doing what they still whisper to us needs to be done and how to get there. So, get after it. You have the chance right now. Our question of the week comes from Todd. Thanks for sending a question in, Todd. I am a jiu-jitsu student and love it. But now that I can't do jiu-jitsu, I'm not sure how to keep up my training. What can I do? That's a really good question, and it's one that everybody's going through. Well, unless you live with someone who does jiu-jitsu, you aren't going to be rolling. Be responsible with that. I don't want to hear about people that are meeting up and rolling and keeping this thing just going around and around forever. No. I'm going to ask that you listen to what we've all been told and to help kill this virus by staying two meters away from people you don't live with. That's the first thing. That said, that is going to pass. You'll be rolling again. But there are tons that you can do to keep your attributes up for jujitsu. Practice your hip escape movements. You know, shrimping. Set yourself some time every day and just work on what you can. And don't judge it. It's not the same as it used to be, so what? You're training. Work on your combat get-ups. Work on your shrimping. Improve your explosive, explosive oompa movements so that nobody can mount you. Visualize being mounted and your escape and then do it. Train all of these movements into some kind of cool jujitsu mobility workout. Then read everything you can. Old judo books, new jujitsu books, strategy, philosophy. Better yet, break out of the kind of closed way of thinking that you are just a jujitsu student and see yourself as a student of life or as a student of the martial arts, and expand your knowledge. You, it, you're not going to get worse by learning about new things. Or you can lament everything you've lost. You can sit around and complain. You can not accept reality. Not accept that you need to tap into your own creativity. And when the time does come, and it will... For all of us to get back into the dojo, you'll have wasted this time. Time you had to become a better you. And you have lost that fire that burned for your training. And you will tell everyone for the rest of your life how you used to train in the martial arts. So there you go. I think we're going to end it there. If you are looking for some online stuff, do not forget, I've been posting a whole bunch of videos onto our Warrior's Way Patreon site for free. 
Okay, so there's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can practice all on your own. The next thing is if you're looking for a book to read, I've written a couple. You can find The Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning on Amazon. Um, you can also find A Wolf in the Woods there too. It's available as an actual book or you can get it for your Kindle or your Kobo. You can be a person of the future and have e-books. <laughs> I still like paper ones. Um, you can track me down on Instagram, look for Eek Academy. And on Facebook, you can find the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. Or there is also the Warrior's Way podcast page as well. And I think I'm going to end it there. Um, be strong, folks. And if you're listening to this from the future, and all this is ancient history... I hope it is a far better future than it was before all this happened. I hope we've learned some lessons. I hope we've all become better. I hope we've all been strong. I hope we have all been noble. Here in Victoria, every night at 7 p.m., people are getting out and banging pots and pans and setting off fireworks and honking horns and blaring sirens all as a show of support for the essential services workers, the healthcare workers, the grocery store workers, all of those people that we depend on. But more importantly, it is to show that we are here. Even in our little caves, <laughs> our homes, we're here. So wherever you are, maybe start that. Get out there, stand outside your front door or your back door, or on your balcony, and bang that pot, bang that pan, make noise, applaud, clap. It makes a difference. We're in all of this together. We will get to the other side of it together. Thanks a lot. Be strong. Train hard. Have fun. And like I say, be a good friend. Take care.